Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Herding, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Philadelphia's best sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, strength coaches, and personal trainers. These movement professionals are the leaders driving the healthcare revolution in the Philadelphia region. During each episode, we gain valuable insight into how these individuals are changing the game. Please stop by precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness with a PH Philadelphia to subscribe and learn more. And welcome back to Fitness Philadelphia. I'm Dr. John Herding here. And today we have Justin McClintock from Feel Strong Fitness on the podcast. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you're doing some amazing things in Center City, Philadelphia, and I think that's why you're gonna you're gonna bring. I'm doing this both, um, you know, to share with the listeners obviously what you're doing so that they can hopefully reach out to you. But I'm also doing this kind of selfishly because um, we we have some some of the same continuing education paths with some business mentorship, and and I really like how you've brought your background into what you're currently doing with in the world of fitness and how you're, you're able, you're just growing and growing, providing this, this great service to people that are looking for your brand of coaching. And I, and I really love that. Um, and it's a, it's just a testament to who you are, the education you've put in and, and how hard you've been working to kind of build your brand and, and space in center city, Philadelphia. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. That's that's very kind of you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, give me because, you know, I say this almost every time is you're going to give the best bio and background into who you are and what your current role is. So if you could just kind of give us a little bit of your background, your origin story and, and how you got to be at this place you are in the fitness category in Philadelphia, um, that'd be great. 100%. So uh, I am Justin McClintock. My company is Feel Strong Fitness. And the tagline is we create fitness solutions for committed people without wasting time or compromise. I got there by being a stagehand on Broadway in New York City and getting hurt all the time. That's where it started. So stagehand, I was uh, I did lighting uh, for theater, major live events, TV, stuff like that. Very, very labor intensive, very, very long days, very hard on the body, super stressful, crazy hours, standard entertainment stuff. At 22 years old, I started getting hurt like all the time shoulder pains, knee pains, hip pains. And I literally went home and Googled workouts so you can be good at work or workouts so you don't get hurt at work. And this was in like 2008. And I found CrossFit.com, I think through a message board and started and that this idea of functional fitness in that really word, that word like functional, I'm not that interested at the time. I didn't really care about athleticism or aesthetics or anything like that. I was very worried that I wasn't going to be able to keep doing my career because I kept getting hurt all the time. So I started just doing the workout of the day off the, the blue website in a New York sports club. I was the weirdo in the corner, you know, snatching in the squat rack and doing handstand pushups against the mirrors and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved it, found eventually, you know, kept getting started getting hurt doing that somewhat predictably, found my first coach in a tiny little affiliate in Manhattan. And that sort of started my love affair with working out for a purpose. I'd always been relatively athletic lots of running, kind of goofing off in the gym, but never really with a direction or purpose or program. Mm -hmm. And that started me kind of falling in love with that. Moved around with my wife, ended up in North Carolina where I got my first coaching job. They approached me and said, we think you would be good at this because I was, I I devour information. When I started learning about this, I watched 
all of the videos and buying books. And I went and got certified just because I thought it would be an interesting educational experience. They let me start coaching part-time. I moved to Philadelphia, I think nine years ago. I think it was like 2013 or 2014. And very quickly found a gym that I loved because of the coaching. Other places maybe had slightly shinier facilities, but I thought their their attitude toward coaching and education was really, really strong. And almost instantly decided I was going to hustle my way into a part-time job. And as soon as I did that, I decided I could make it a full-time job. And I, I remember coming home and talking to my wife and having a sitting down and having a very serious conversation of like, I am going to take, I would like to take, if you're okay with it, a gigantic pay cut mm-hmm. for the next 18 months. Because entertainment treated me pretty well. And I was traveling around the country and working with famous people and stuff like that. I think this is something I could do really well and really love. And I'm not really loving the entertainment stuff now. And we budgeted it out and she was on board with it. So I started just hustling as many shifts as I could and taking as much education as I could. Uh, Became full-time there, took over as the director of programming five years ago, meaning I wrote all of their workouts, all of their programs for the CrossFit, bodybuilding, powerlifting, gymnastics, Olympic lifting, things like that. And started Feel Strong about four years ago because I, as I learned more and got to work with more and more people, I came to believe that individual solutions were the most important thing. And group workouts are a lot of fun. And I do group workouts and I program group workouts. But the individual, every single person, like the exact right workout for them is going to be a very particular thing, partly based on their history and what they want and their goals and how they're feeling that day and all of those things. So I got really interested in dialing in those individual solutions. And that's really what Feel Strong was born out of. We we only do one-on-one. We only do custom built for the ground up for people. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so then what kind of people are seeking out your services? Is it the person who's tried like the group classes and then they find they want something more personalized? Is it people who have tried physical therapy but not found success with that? Is it people that were in your similar situation, they're just, they're feeling pain. They don't know where to start, how to navigate the system. So they reach out to you. Um, what type of person, um, is typically finding you and how are they finding you, um, in this process? None of those are a bad description of the kind of person we work with. We really specialize in working with people who have had a significant setback, whether that is some kind of injury, be it acute or chronic that ended up with them in the medical system or in physical therapy and then not sure where to go from there. Um, it's, it's been covered a bit, and I work with Active Life. I know you have too, th- this sort of white space between, okay, you're, you don't need to be in the medical system any, anymore, but the fitness space doesn't really have a lot to offer you. They're not reaching out to you, and you, you don't feel welcome there. How are you supposed to operate? Hmm. Um, we do a fair amount of consults with people who aren't exactly a good fit. We don't really do beginner fitness We don't really, if you aren't loving your group class and just want something a little bit upgraded, we could write something for you, but we tend to refer you on to someone who is a little bit of a better fit for that. If you've had a significant setback, which tends to bring out a lot of commitment in people, we found that those are the folks we work really well with. So whether a a big performance setback or getting out of pain, or there's another group of people who are slightly kind of mourning their athleticism from 10 years ago. Mm. I used to be able to do all these things and my life has radically changed. I'm in a, a different person. I have a family. I have these responsibilities. And for some reason, I can't train three and a half hours a day anymore and I don't have abs. What the hell, Justin? And there's a lot of mindset work that goes into kind of reframing expectations and figuring out how we can make them the most fulfilled person they can be right now, as opposed to chasing someone who doesn't exist anymore because they were them 10 years ago. Right. 
You said a couple great things in there. Um, first is I love the fact that you're you're kind of you're almost qualifying people to see if they're the right fit, and you're not just you're not money driven where you're taking every single client that comes your way. It's are you a good fit? Are we going to see great results together as a team? And if not, like I have this community of fitness professionals where I'll refer you to someone who may be a better fit. Yeah, I think that's super, super important. And honestly, it's relatively easy in Philadelphia. If they're local, there's so many good people who are good at what they do and I trust, mm-hmm. and including yourself. I mean, I send people to you all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is this is something that is no longer in my scope. I can't do this. It requires a number of things. Or I'm just not sure, and I need someone with a different level of education to get their eyes on you. We're, we're going to move you along and ditto with even if it's a different kind of personal training. There's other people who kind of specialize in their things. Mm-hmm. And if that would be a better fit for you, everyone will be happier. Um, I have certainly been the coach who said yes to a client, even though they weren't quite a great fit. And I felt like we didn't get along and I didn't really want to do that kind of training. But God, I really needed the hundred bucks. And I'm fortunate that I'm not in that position anymore. But I think part of the reason I'm not in that position is because I started making more ethical decisions for everyone involved. And then your reputation grows. If you do that, I have learned you will build credibility by telling someone, actually, you're, you're not a great fit here. However, I think you'd be a great fit over at this other place. And then they are. And then they think better of everybody involved. And they'll tell someone else, oh, yeah, I, I talked to him. He actually sent me to somebody else. He wouldn't even take my money. And, uh, and that can be an impressive thing. Yeah, 100%. That's kind of the mindset that we take at Precision is – you know, we have this growth and prosperity mindset where there's enough people to go around. And I think if you do right by people, eventually the money comes, the reputation grows, and they respect the fact that you were able to help find them the solution when you might weren't necessarily the right fit. And you'll still get referrals from these people because of the fact that you still help provide them with an optimal outcome. A hundred percent. And then when someone is a good fit, it feels great. And you can say with you know, total certainty. I am a hundred percent certain that I have the solution to your problem. Mm -hmm. If you work with me, we can solve this issue. And that's great. Yep. And then parlaying that right into this white space you were talking about between Mm -hmm. like a physical therapy setting and, you know, getting back into the gym, like so many people leave a physical therapy space where they've been injured and they don't have a ton of guidance to return back to activities or or strength training or, you know, whatever fitness realm they're moving into. Um, So I think it's great that through your education, um, active life being part of that, where you understand kind of where these people are coming from with both your personal background, again, and your education, like you understand where they're trying to get to because you've been there within the fitness realm. Um, And you, you know how to kind of fill the gaps there to help that transition period or if somebody was in your your situation where they're always getting hurt at work or something, you understand enough where this is when I need to refer out because of some red flags that are above my you know, education level. But then I also understand how to deal with some of these things like a common tendinopathy where you might not necessarily need PT for this. It's just we're looking at the research and loading, which is something well within my practice and my education. Loading seems to be what's helping these tendinopathies at this point. I can certainly take care of that. I tell people that one of the reasons I think that I'm a pretty decent coach is because nothing ever came naturally to me Mm -hmm. and I made lots of mistakes and I got hurt a lot and it wasn't easy. I am not the, I was never the super athlete where everything was just fine. I had to really, really, really work and I've rebuilt every movement I do several times 
So when someone comes and I was like, oh, my squat just doesn't feel right. I was like, oh, let's see which one of my terrible squats you're doing right now, because Mm -hmm. I've had several and I understand this very, very clearly. But you're absolutely right. It's been a revelation realizing how much I can service with the proper education and knowledge and, you know, very diligently staying within my scope. But when someone comes with a tendinopathy and we we identify it as that, I'm like, oh, this is actually degenerative. It's been going on for a long time. Let's try some things out. Yeah. Oh, you see, it gets better as you as you go along. Oh, that's very interesting. I think we can work on this and work on this. This is not a years long solution we're talking about. Like if you hang out for eight weeks, things are going to be different eight weeks from now. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And I think this is where we share a thermo- similar thought process, too, is whether PT, strength and conditioning coach, fitness trainer, their movement is just like a continuum, right? And for some people at, at high performing levels, it's squatting 500 pounds. At, at other levels, it's sitting onto the toilet. But the, the biggest thing, and I think the between you and I, it's I think it's where does this person fit on the spectrum? Do I have the education to treat them? Do I know how to tweak a squat pattern to help them work through whether it's an injury or just fixing, you know, poor mechanics that could lead to an injury to help them achieve optimal fitness. It's, it's where on the spectrum does do these people fit? Does my education level serve them and then helping them achieve their goals? 100%. It is an almost infinite progression. Every exercise can go up or down the sort of scale Mm -hmm. forever. Basically, there's always another version of what we're working on. We just need to figure out the right version for you which of course depends on your goals and the stimulus we're trying to achieve, right? right? Like maybe squatting fi- squatting 500 pounds might be exactly the right thing, especially if you are trying to compete in an elite powerlifting meet and you have a history of training history of 10 plus years and you're really healthy and things look good, then yeah, 100%. I am not against it. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who has a, you know, has to warm up before they get out of bed every day, we might not start with bilateral squatting at all. There might be other stuff we need to do, but if you break it down, we're still doing a you know quote unquote squat. We're just moving up and down that scale in the squat family, finding exactly the right thing for you today. And and that's an important lesson for both young up and coming professionals and for potential clients too, is there is no right or wrong exercise. It's where on the spectrum in this family of squat patterns do you fit, Right. And so, mm-hmm. so there, and there's no absolutes in fitness. So, so if you're coming back from a physician or someone, someone that says you shouldn't ever squat again because you have low back pain, that's not something you or I necessarily agree with, right? It's, we need to just find the proper input on the spectrum in the squat family to help you achieve that pattern, because that's just a normal everyday pattern that you're going to be doing in life anyway. So how do we get you into the positions to make sure you're, you're performing them at the most optimal levels? 100%. And there are certainly more and more, which is very exciting, but educated physicians around movement now, mm-hmm. but that you shouldn't squat, you shouldn't lift more than five pounds, no more deadlifting, like all of these things. I will typically arm a client with a couple of questions when they're heading in for something medical. If they're like, oh, my back hurts again, I'm going to see my doctor. I was like, great, I'm, I'm on board. You should definitely see your doctor if it hurts this much. Should they ask them what you can do and what you should do? If they try and eliminate anything, I need you to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're not allowed to carry more than five pounds, which I've had doctors tell pregnant women, especially for some reason, don't lift more than five pounds, yeah. make them tell you that you're not allowed to go grocery shopping or hold your toddler in one arm. Because if that's true, this is an emergency and we need to completely restructure how your life is built because you're not allowed to pick. And if it's maybe it is true. I don't know mm-hmm. if like if you can't squat. 
be really clear that you need to have a new toilet installed in your house. Make them tell you that. If you're de- you can't deadlift, okay, so I can't pick things up off the ground. If I drop something, I need to wait and call someone to right. pick that up for me, which is a little bit extreme. And I'm not trying to be a jerk to the medical profession. I, I, I'm married to a doctor. I love the medical profession. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's a lot of sort of cover their butt advice that get, gets put out without a lot of thought put into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they aren't movement specialists and they're not supposed to be movement specialists. So occasionally I wish they would you know, refer out to someone like yourself or myself to maybe put a little nuance on this and figure out exactly what is safe and what can be effective to make these people feel better. Right. I think the key takeaway in there is anything in movement and really in health is it's nothing's black and white. There's all these varying areas of gray, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times it's just finding the, the professionals that work in those areas of gray or comfortable in those areas of gray and are proficient in being able to find you a solution. And I think that, uh, you know, medical professionals, fitness professionals, so often they become very siloed, right? And, and physicians, especially, they have so much to learn. There's just not enough time to know it all, right? And then with the current medical state, you know, where they're having to see 40, 50 patients a day, and it's just like quick 10 minutes an appointment for an orthopedic injury, um, it, it's hard to really for them to go home at the end of the day and then educate themselves further on movement. So that's why it's important for people like you and I to establish those connections and form the relationships to say, Hey doc, we got you on this. Just, you know, send us the people and we'll make sure that they get to where they need to be. Um, and we'll do it in a safe, progressive manner to help improve your outcomes as a physician. A hundred percent. And I, I really do believe that your network is your net worth and like being able to make those phone calls or send those emails or make those referrals to people are really, really important. And if someone's listening, who's relatively new to this, Mm -hmm. get outside of your bubble, like go visit other studios, go visit other PTs, go like make yourself known to these people. If this is the kind of thing you want to do, because you do not want to, you are not the all knowing guru on a hill who can fix everybody's problem. And that's a great way to inadvertently hurt someone, even if you're trying to do something good or, you know, not do the best by them. Mm -hmm. Like typically everyone, especially if something's gone a little sideways, probably needs some level of a team around them. And you may well be part of that team. You might be a perfect fit for part of that team, but you're probably not all of that team. Right. hundred percent. It's, it's almost like knowing what you know. And again, like just having this prosperity mindset where we just, we're all trying to do the best by our people. There's, and there's enough people to go around that don't take it personally. If you have a if you're not the right fit, because there's going to be enough people that will be the right fit that you can guide. Um, yeah, even in Philadelphia, you know, we've got what, 1.6 million people. Yeah. I cannot handle them all, John. I'm going to need some help. And yeah. And like you said, there's so many great fitness professionals and even in taking classes from other people or getting programming from other people, I, I you know, that's continuing education for me because I'm not the best at programming certain aspects of fitness. And I have people that are better at that than I am. Um, but every time I've seen a new program that someone writes or experienced a certain exercise class, like it's been a huge learning experience to both help myself understand movement personally, but then see where all of my clients are trying to get to and, and seeing, and and then even the coaching aspects of it, how is this person utilizing their word to make, get their point across to guide this person to where they want them to be. It's a huge learning experience. And that's one of the things, if I may, that I think make you and your team so valuable is that you do this stuff. You are experienced. You do move. You do train on a regular basis. You do seek these things out. And anyone, I say this to coaches all the time, like you better 
have a coach or at least follow a program. Don't just do your own thing. You need to move. You need to feel what these things feel like. Mm -hmm. If you have someone that you're about to assign a program to and it involves an exercise you've never done before, I, I don't think that's super appropriate. I think you should at least try it out. Because they're going to ask you, how, to, how do you set this up and where do I put my knee and what is it supposed to feel like? And, you know, as an experienced mover, you can probably figure it out relatively quickly, but you need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you can tell them and show them and not just be you know reading out of a book and telling them to do certain points of performance that you maybe don't fully understand. It's, it's really interesting. I helped teach a sports performance physical therapy elective at Widener for their third year, last year PT students. And what part of that class is they have to write a program. But they have to do the program. And when they have to do their own program, and for a lot of these kids, it's the first program they've ever written. When they do that program and they see what their five sets of eight safety bar squats does to their legs for the next week, that you know, it's it's really enlightening because they're experience they're, you know, they again, they've never written a program. Some of them don't work out a ton, but when they experience their own program that they wrote, it's really eye-opening to say, oh, wait, this this needs to be brought back a little bit. And, and most of the time, it's overdosing versus underdosing. 100%. Just pouring everything in the cup and be like, here, take more of this, take more of this. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dosage matters a lot. Yeah. Especially if they haven't been doing this a lot. Like maybe that 500-pound guy we were referencing earlier, five by eight might be great for him. Mm-hmm. But lots of people can't come close to handling that. 100%. Um, so tell me a little bit about your, because I think this is what separates you from a lot, um, as w- and many trainers as well, is your evaluation process. Tell me about the new client that comes in, what that intake looks like in the evaluation process to get them into a training program with you. 100%. So people can come in in a couple of different ways. And I've sort of built it around, I've attempted to build it around what I found the ways people like to communicate. So people can go to the website and fill out an intake form, which is basically like a pretty complete questionnaire telling me about your history and goals and what you've done and where you work out and how much you sleep and things like that. They can also just schedule a consult, which is usually either a Zoom or a phone call. And more or less, I will run through the intake form in person, but it becomes a little more of a free ranging conversation. If I feel like I need to dig on things, dig in on things, we'll dig in there. Uh, or they can do it in person. I certainly do it. I'm based out of a Subversus Fitness in Center City at 13th and Chestnut. And people will make an appointment and just show up there. And we will do that mostly to make sure that I think I can be useful. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to waste people's time. I think that's really important. So if if I know for sure they're not a good fit, I'll say, this isn't, this won't work for a number of reasons. You won't be happy. I'm going to send you on to somebody else. If we think they're a good fit and I'm confident we can solve their problems and work on it, then the next thing we do is a joint by joint movement assessment. And absolutely everyone goes through this. And I strongly, strongly suggest if you coach people and write programs for people, everyone gets some kind of assessment before you start with it Um, because it is eye opening. Even if they tell you they're healthy and athletic, even if they tell you they've been doing powerlifting for 12 years and they keep setting world records and all they need is, you know, five more pounds in their squat see how their, you know, shoulder flexion is, see how their, you know, hip flexion is, like test all these things because you will find stuff out. Uh, The movement assessment usually takes not more than 15 minutes. After that, most people, not everyone, this is sort of person to person, but then we will typically do some strength balance assessments, sort of front, back, side to side. How does your right arm press versus your left arm pulling, things like that. Also, mostly looking at that point, if there's not a specific goal that they've outlined around that, any kind of yellow flags that we're worried about. You know, if you can press 
50 pounds for 10 with your left arm, but only twice with your right arm. That's a massive discrepancy that if it hasn't yet is potentially opening the door to some kind of injury. And we want to shore that up before we have you, you know, do 50 keeping pull-ups for time or something like that. So it's a, a, we talk to them or learn about them, then a joint by joint movement assessment, and then usually some kind of strength balance assessment to make sure we have a, that gives us a very clear picture of someone's individual physiology. And then we can really get to work and we have, you know, we know what we're working with so we can, you know, go forward and design a program responsibly. Right. Perfect. And then when you're going on to design a program, you said it's mostly the one-on-one coaching within Subversus or are you doing um, remote things where you're providing programming outside of the gym to someone that just wants a program that they can take anywhere? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Rise Education Platform. Rise stands for Rehab Integrated into Sports Education. We offer solutions for business owners who want to bring more athletes into their practice, as well as clinicians to help them better understand how to integrate sports performance metrics into the rehab setting. Our 12-week master's class for clinicians offers solutions for clinicians to begin to implement these ideas right away. And our business mentorships helps business owners figure out the solutions that best suit their business's needs. Visit sportsrehabeducation.com for more information. Right now, I'm about 80% remote, partly because of where people are located. You know, if you're not in Philly, you can't get into Center City. That like That's where I am, so there's that limitation. Yeah. Uh, there's also only so many hours in the day, and there's people who really don't need to be in person. I also think that's important. I think personal training is super valuable, and having the eye of a coach on you while you're moving, watching every single movement, being able to change things, or even the more valuable thing, I think, is you know, watching someone do a couple of reps and realizing, you know what, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. This, everything I wrote for today, like you're walking funny, you're tired. You've already told me about the fight you had with your wife. Everything's falling to pieces. We're tossing this entire workout out and I'm designing something new because this is inappropriate. We're going to kill you if we do this. Mm-hmm. But people with a higher training age, uh, less issues, uh, things that we can basically, I'm confident we can do remotely. We will write them a program. Uh, they get it on their phone or desktop they do it. They send us film. We're basically in daily checkpoints, like seeing their feedback, certainly reps and sets and weights. But I always tell people I'm more interested in how it feels. Like, let me know what it felt, good, bad, or otherwise. That's what I really want to know, as well as a fair amount of video assessments. People, you know, with phones are so easy now, people can just take videos of themselves moving, mm. send it to me, and I will bounce back an assessment of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love it. I love it. And you mentioned something in there talking about the readiness and why one-on-one personal training is so valuable very often because you'll you'll be able to tell or you'll be able to just switch a workout on the fly with some of the readiness factors. Talk to me about how um, you feel like stress and sleep and some of those extra, you know, extraneous things as opposed to just a training program fit into your program, how you're assessing them on a daily basis. And especially with some of your remote people, like, are you able to track it or influence some of these things? Because what I found in my practice is the sleep and the stress are huge, hugely impactful on people's fitness and and how they recover from specifically pain and injury. Um, How does that, how are you finding those things impacting your program? And what are some of the ways that you're, you're able to influence them both remotely and in a one-on-one situation? It is gigantic. Uh, We talk about sleep diet stress. So those three things, that is probably the load you're carrying around during the day. 
Like that, that is what is mostly either a little or a lot or somewhere in between, but that is the load you're carrying. And then I'm going to try and dump a little bit of fitness load on you, but it depends how much room you have left in your cup, right? Which is, so if I had written this huge workout, you came in tired, stressed, you ate terribly, you had an awful fight with someone that you care about, like your cup is almost full to the top with stress. So I can only add a tiny bit more because if we tip over, usually it's, uh, if we're lucky, it's only burnout or fatigue, but it's possibly injury or something, you know, catastrophic, which we never want to get into. So it is absolutely everything. Checking with people on a really regular basis about how they slept, how their stress level is, how they're eating, how they feel about their diet is really important. And I found for coaches, the more you have these conversations, the easier they get. Sometimes coaches feel like they're being intrusive or too personal or something like that when they're asking about their life or asking about work but it can really open the door. I had someone earlier today who was moving just a little slowly. It just wasn't, things weren't as snappy. Things weren't quite right. Taking longer between sets, seeming distracted. And we took less than three minutes to unpack something, found out there's a huge family drama going on that they didn't feel like they could mention earlier or didn't want to mention. It was, oh, and we just, I just changed the rest of the workout so it wouldn't destroy them no. because they're already wound so tightly and they have so little to give not in a, which I don't mean as an insult. It's just, they're carrying around all of this stress that we can only add a little bit more to be effective and still make progress with them. If I tried to give them, you know, that five by eight safety bar squat, it's going to kill them. It might, well, not kill them, but it would hurt them. Hmm. Uh, they would probably be out for a couple of days and it would, they would leave feeling worse about themselves, which is really the last thing I want anyone to do. Doing it remotely is a little bit harder we do check in with people on a very regular basis. And it's one of the reasons that I hammer asking people for feedback about how things feel. Like what you did for the sets and weights is potentially useful, especially if I know your history with these things. Oh, well, John usually squats 150 pounds and he squatted 70 pounds today. Something's going on. I'm going to ask about this. But if you say, this is all I had. Um, I just don't feel like it. Like even the bar felt heavy today. I know you said five sets, but I did three and just moved on. Oh, this, this is important. We might have to adjust the next couple of days just to make sure you can recover from the rest of your life. My program may be perfectly well designed for John of three weeks ago, mm -hmm. but John of today is not John of three weeks ago. And that takes some adjustment. So a lot of checking in and a lot of not judging people, but kind of directing them to ways that can possibly lower that stress level, improve that sleep, upgrade their diet, et cetera. Yeah. And I, I, you, again, you said there's a couple of things I want to touch on in there, but I think the role of you have to remember what our title is. It's coach, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so very often, I think people, and if I'm completely off base on this, let me know. But I think people just look at fitness trainers as I'm just going to go. I'm going to get a great workout. I'm not going to have to think about my workout. I just want to go get crushed and get a good sweat in. But, but taking a step back, what we really are are we're, we're coaches. And in your position now, with the way that you've decided to take your business is you're almost like this lifestyle coach that uses fitness as the tool to help improve people's lifestyle and overall well-being, right? Um, and I think that's where when you're looking at the way fitness is trending, or at least in the circles that we we live in and the research and everything is um, fitness, again, is the tool, but you're not going to maximize fitness if every workout is something that crushes you. You're not going to maximize your fitness if you're not with all of the research that's coming out on sleep. And we know that like fitness, um, I think Larry over at Active Life, I think said, you know, a workout is really just providing you the opportunity to recover, 
right? And recovery is where all of the magic happens. The the magic doesn't happen in the workout. The magic happens if you're providing yourself the ability to recover and rebuild after you tear yourself down during a workout. So bringing it back when you're talking about drops of water out of the bucket is it's our role of fitness professionals to coach people in some of these lifestyle changes because everybody seems overstressed now. Most people aren't sleeping like they should. Diets for the most part and people aren't aren't optimized to what they should be. So really what I think we we are at its root are stress managers. Fitness is one of those stresses that we're really good at managing. But then we have to help people understand. And, and this, like you said before, it, sometimes you have to create a relationship before someone's willing to really have, you know, let you in on their personal life. But we're stress managers with fitness as the tool, but we need to really influence the stressors of everyday life. We need to influence the the sleep and the diet to optimize the fitness that they're coming to us for coaching on. So we've really become these lifestyle coaches at, at its root that fitness is almost the entry point into. Um, and I think to help then we're becoming people that are helping people either get out, out of injury in my case, or maybe help people prevent injury in your case and optimize performance, but they're not going to do either without solidifying some of the sleep things, reducing some of the stressors and making sure their diet's optimized. I completely agree. And if you think about that as just to reiterate something you said, we're coaching people. Mm -hmm. I'm not coaching a set of quads and pectorals and biceps. It's a person. So if you look at them holistically and you're driven by their goals, you you can say, well, how can I be the most effective here? Mm -hmm. Like if I do these, you know, weighted back extensions with a great thoracic curve and really work on this for the next 10 minutes, like that'll be pretty good. If I can talk to them for five minutes about how we can kind of optimize their work setup because they're bent and hunched over a desk for eight hours a day. And we can talk about like fixing those ergonomics a little bit and solutions about how we can make this whole thing better. That is going to be way more effective than my three by 10 back extension. So maybe we're going to do two sets instead. And I'm going to talk for five minutes about whatever it is, a standing desk or, or a laptop stand or getting up for three minutes every hour and moving around or doing this stretch or this nerve glide or what have you. But that is being incredibly effective for this person that you're coaching and affecting their fitness and movement and life in a really, really impactful way. And being open to doing all that and not just, you know, the next coolest exercise with the next coolest piece of gear or suggesting some kind of supplement you're getting a kickback from will make you effective and build an enormous amount of credibility. And, and I do think a lot of some of that comes back, falls back on the client too, is they have to understand that they're now paying a premium for a service and they need to be receptive to some of these coaches changes and not, you know, have the expectation of just getting crushed in every single workout. Completely. And those are people, those people definitely fall in the camp of folks that we typically won't work with. Yeah. If they aren't open to potentially making changes, if we say, you know, well, what if we, you know, need to work on your sleep? Are you open to that? If we, feel like we need to refer you to someone to talk about nutrition. Are you open to that? Are these things that you would at least have the conversation? Mm -hmm. And if they're like, no, I want to come in, shut down, go hard for 55 minutes and go out. Be like, I, I understand. I'm not for you. You're not going to have any fun. I'm going to keep talking to you and you're going to get angry about it. We're going to send you on to someone else. Right. 
I love it. That's good. Um, so talk, talk to me a little bit about, so you, you said you're still doing, um, you have this great relationship with Subversus and that, and that's, you know, Wiley over there. I think he's doing some great stuff, both inside and outside of the world of fitness. Um, you've also been able to kind of keep on some of the, um, like the group coaching stuff mm-hmm. and you're, and you're, are you still doing programming there as well? Yep. Right. So I, I love how you've been able to bring together the one-on-one, the remote, but still kind of dabble in the getting the reps under your belt for the, the programming for the group classes and coaching the group classes, because I feel that like that's where you really dial in some of like just the coaching cues too, because you learn how to communicate with all these different people. And um, I just think it's great that you've been able to to work together with Wiley to create this great safe fitness space offering all these different services to so many different people. It's really a remarkable gym and he deserves a lot of credit for creating that. You know, he started with these are the big goals and these are the kinds of things I want to do and then let coaches for the most part kind of fill in all of the details. Oh, if you want to do that, which is something I'm very good at. I feel like I sometimes lack the giant overarching vision. But if you're like, well, this is the thing, this is the, the giant idea, I can understand the details of what make that up very, very clearly. And that might come from the entertainment stagehand thing of breaking giant projects down into sort of, oh, well, that's these 3000 steps. I understand exactly how to do this. And I do think that coaching group classes is very valuable as a tool and it makes you a better coach because if you seek to do it well, you have to be extremely effective in very little time. You know, one-on-one is a different kind of focus where there's nowhere to hide and you have to have your act together and you, you can't ignore someone because it's one person. Group, occasionally, if you do it poorly, you can not talk to someone or avoid solving a problem, which is maybe the bad side of it, but it makes you be super effective. You know, you watch someone do one or two reps, they need feedback, they see you watching, how effective can you be in the next 15 or 20 seconds so you can go watch the next person and also be effective, but also kind of be watching that person take your feedback and maybe make a correction and go round and round. And putting those in place has been really a lot of fun, as is designing the programs. I like group classes. I think group classes are excellent. And I think the magic of group classes is really the group, which most people who have done it for a while, they understand. If you've worked out with a group and done the same workout alone, you're like, there's just the energy is different and the motivation is different. And I start building these friends and that, you know, at 6am on a Thursday, when I don't feel like getting up, I know that if I don't go, Derek is going to send me a text and say he was there and I wasn't there. So I'm going to show up and there's an accountability built in there too. And we have a fair amount of people who move back and forth from, you know, they'll do some one-on-one training either in person or they have a program built for them that they'll tip, they'll do in the gym. We also have facilities where you can do your own individual programming. And then they'll take a couple of group classes a week for, you know, the cardio and the conditioning, but also primarily, you know, the socialization and having fun with fitness, which is also a really important part. It should be fun at least some of the time. Yep. Yeah. So that's a a great shout out to Wiley. But I also think it speaks to a point you brought up is how these different realms of fitness can complement each other. You don't have to go solely, oh, you know what, I'm going to do one-on-one training for a while or I'm going to do remote programming for a while. Or you know what, now I'm just kind of feeling group fitness because I want the the social aspect of it. I think if you find the right coach, again, to kind of coach you through it, you can find a way to fit all of these different things into your fitness program. And it doesn't have to be an either or. 
It can be, where are you at this current place in time? How are you feeling about it? Like the, I think the key to fitness really at its root is also consistency, right? It's like managing stress and being consistent. So it's okay to ebb and flow and one month feel like you're doing this and another month feeling like you're doing this. But I think consistency is key, but also making sure that you have a coach to guide you through that process because it's not just random random stuff you're throwing at a wall and not really seeing change. You're just moving and getting a sweat with a good coach. You can work all those different aspects of fitness into the program in a progressive manner to make sure that you see the change that you want while fulfilling maybe some of the other psychological needs you need for fitness programming. Completely. And being aware of that, I think is part of assessing somebody. I have two, two relatively new clients who just came out in the past couple of weeks and both of them have been doing five to six group classes a week. And we talked about it and they have some significant pain and things that we're trying to get out of that is going to require some really specific work. But while we were designing it, you know, listening to what they said, I said to both of them, I, one of my guiding lights is not taking all of these group classes away from you. I would like to find a way and it may involve me calling your gym owner or whoever writes the programming and seeing if they're open to having chat about this stuff. Because I think you being there is incredibly important to your overall well-being and how you feel about yourself and the energy you have during the day. We need to keep a couple of these in your life. But we also need, you know, I need three days and we'll give them two days. And maybe I write part of that or we adjust things or we find a way that everyone can play nice together because that can be a really big part of it. And if you have a coach who is driven again by those goals and by being effective and has that growth mindset, you know, isn't worried about, I love it when people call and ask what I'm doing. Can we work with this? Whether it's a physical therapist or another coach, or I had a running coach call who this client is going to work with this running coach and they want to know if we could work on this kind of thing, or do you think this is safe or this is a good idea? And I didn't think, oh God, what I, I can coach running. I know how to run. I've run before. Why, why aren't they talking to me? Absolutely not. This is a running specialist. I would not call myself a running specialist. Like super cool. You're working this person and they're open to talking to me about making them stronger and making sure we don't inadvertently you know, put their knees through 27,000 extra reps of flexion in a week. Yeah, I'm 100% on board. And that and that's great. Like I love the fact that you'll they're coming maybe from another gym and you're going to call the gym owner to help collaborate. Yeah. And again, with the running coach, I think it's just great. And and hopefully they're all receptive when you call them and you're they're understanding you're not trying to steal people from them. It's just a collaboration to make sure the client gets what they need. But I love the fact that you're not hesitant to call their their gym owner to make sure that you're on the same page and making sure the client gets the, what they're looking for and what they need. And leading, if you're if you're thinking of doing something like that, my suggestion would be, you know, presenting it truthfully as how it is a huge win for the person you're talking to. And this is partly how feel strong has become based out of subversus fitness. So successfully Mm -hmm. is one of the things that has always been super important to me is making sure it is a huge win for subversus fitness, the business, like they make money, they get people, they get more eyes on this stuff. They do much better because of what I do. And that's really important. And then it's a relatively easy sell. Same thing. If you're calling another gym, it is not that your program broke somebody and I'm trying to fix them and you don't know better. Like you're not going to get anywhere that way, Mm -hmm. but it is. I know that retention is one of the most important parts of group fitness. I have someone who's been hurt over and over again, and I'm partly a pain specialist. It's one of the things I do. They seeked me out. They sought me out to help them get out of pain. However, what you do makes them really happy. I want to get them back in your class. I want them to stay in your class. Mm-hmm. And I want them to stop getting tossed out of it. They have some individual needs I can help with. Are you, If you're open to working with me, I want to make sure that they're a member for as long as they want to be a member for. Yep. 
And then it's, it's a very simple, straightforward conversation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's some of the marketing. I think that's probably how I came to know you is like, we use that some of the uh, similar, it's not even sales, but just a similar conversation is like, Justin, how can we improve what you're doing in the gym? And this was before you even started feel strong. It was like, how can we make sure that your people are staying active in the gym by communicating and maybe offering some little simple tweaks here and there based on what pains are having, but how do I make your service even better by supporting what you're doing in the gym? And it's incredibly valuable. And I remember that when we had some younger coaches too, who we would basically give them, you know, cheat sheets every week for here's the people. This precision says this, this, but this person is a go for this, is a yellow light for this, is a red light for this. This is what we're doing. And then they start to understand how these things work together. Maybe not on a very like deep anatomical level, but they understand that, oh, well, this person, their, their back is hurting this kind of flexion. So we're not picking up off the floor. We're only lifting off of eight inch blocks for today. Oh, because they can only, oh, okay, I understand. So the next time someone rolls in like that, that's at least in the, t- in, you know, somewhere in the back of their lizard brain is, hmm, I wonder if this would help this person a little bit. And their toolbox grows and grows because they're exposed to better professionals. Yep. Love it. Good stuff. So we end all of these podcasts with a final five rapid fire questions just to give people more insight into who you are as a person. And and usually it's just a fun way to kind of end the show. I love it. Cool. Um, So number one, what would be your walkout song? Oh, God, that's a really good question. It's embarrassing, but I think it would be John Cena's entrance song. And because it's this hilarious, like, bop, 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 and I, it's, I, I don't watch wrestling, but for some reason I heard it like several years ago mm-hmm. and it just completely hyped me up. So I will absolutely put that on if I like, I need a little jolt or something like that. I uh, love it. What's your favorite exercise? Back squat. I love a bilateral back squat. I'm kind of built for it. I'm a little bit thick and I have really strong legs mm-hmm. and I can just go and it's a, a place where I can shine and feel strong. So it makes me feel really good. Love it. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's pasta with butter. It's all I want. Pasta, pasta with butter and okay. pasta with butter and too much Parmesan cheese. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasure going off of that? Ooh, that's a really good question. Guilty pleasure. I think the guilty pleasure might be scotch. I, I'm a sucker. I don't get to do it very often, but like really good scotch, I really, really enjoy. And I will spend way too much money on a bottle and then look at it for six months, like getting ready to have some of it. Yeah. Do you ever buy a bottle like that and you just, you don't want to drink it because it, yep. <laughs> like I feel bad. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not a collector. Yeah. Like what's going on? Like this is, this is what it's there. But somehow like the occasion is never special enough. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely. I'm special. I deserve this. I'm going to have one. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah. Um, and then finally, what's your favorite thing about the Philadelphia area? I think my favorite thing about the Philadelphia area is how easy it is, relatively easy to get around. I've lived in other big cities with maybe like bigger transportation infrastructures and stuff like that. But Philly is so walkable and so bikeable and so easy to move from interesting neighborhood to interesting neighborhood to interesting neighborhood. And, you know, seeing these beautiful murals and cool local businesses and you can roll through amazing variety of businesses and people and cultures in really very little time where other cities, it's a lot harder to do or would take kind of days to get through that. And Philly is just a little more compact and a little easier to do that with all of the beautiful density that makes up, you know, a full fledged city. 
Interesting. Well, I think you're a gem in the city that's really try- helping to further um, fitness in the city, giving great individualized care to to the um, the residents. And I think you're just helping drive the fitness revolution in the city. So for that, I thank you. Thank um, you very much. That's very sweet. Yeah. So in closing, how is the best way for people to get a hold of you? How can they reach out? I'm on Instagram a little too much. If you go to at feelstrongfit on Instagram, uh, I answer every single DM. I am super responsive. If you don't like having a conversation with people, go to the website, feelstrong.me. Appreciate you, Justin. Thanks for hopping on today. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Hey, hold on a second. Don't leave yet. This is your host, Dr. John Herding, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitness Philadelphia. If you did, I'm going to ask you to do three simple things. They take less than five minutes and they go such a long way. We really do appreciate it. Number one, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to it. iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it may be. Number two, please leave us a favorable review. Number three, share it. Put it on social media. Talk about it with your friends. Send it in a text message. Whatever you can do to share this episode because we put a lot of work into it and we want to make sure as many people are getting the value out of it as possible. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more, please go to precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness Philadelphia. Thank you so much. This is Dr. John Herding. This is Fitness Philadelphia and have a great day.